Hello, everybody, and welcome to podcast number seven. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm here today, as always, with Dr. Woody. Hello. How are you today, Woody? I'm doing fantastically well. How are you? Good. I'm doing good as well. I'm a little tired, but <laughs> I'm excited, so let's do this. All right. Fantastic. Okay, so what are we talking about today, Woody? Well, I see you you, gave, you told me we we're going to be talking about left brain, right brain. So I yeah. guess that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Correct, okay. correct. I was just testing you to see that you were up to speed. All right. Did I pass the test? You sure did. All right. So, okay, so we're going to talk about left and right brain. You know, people might get a little confused because people just thought that we have one brain, you know? That's true. In fact, in fact, conventional wisdom used to be that uh, we, and most people do still think that we only have one brain. But let me tell you why we have two. Because in our brain, we have what's called a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Now, the left hemisphere is on the left as you look out your, your perspective. So if we're looking on our left hand, this right, is Right, your okay. left hemisphere. And, and that controls your right side of your body. And then your right hemisphere is, of course, on your right side. That controls your left side of your body. And they have very different functions. So different, in fact. Some tests were done with people that have epilepsy, mm-hmm. grand mal seizures. And these are essentially electrical brainstorms across our brains. And they really scramble us. And they cause us to have seizures. Mm-hmm. They can be even so damaging that they can cause you to death. Oh, that's not good. No, that's not good at all. Well, what they found out is that if they severed what's called the corpus callosum, that's this bundle of nerves Uh that connects the left and the right side, then they could stop these electrical storms across the brain Mm -hmm. and essentially stop these seizures. Well, what they found out, though, when they cut the corpus callosum, because that allows the left and the right side to communicate with one another, and if the communication is severed, then you have things like this. A woman takes a dress out of the closet with one hand and puts it back with the other hand. A guy puts a, a cigarette in his mouth with his right hand, and his left hand takes it out and throws it away. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah, it is. Have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, not that I've noticed. Well, it's not that common. It's, it's only common with people that have had this type of surgery. Uh-huh. Well, anyway. So when that happens, mm-hmm. it shows that the two sides are very different. They have very different functions. In fact, let me give you some indicators or some ways that the left side deals with the world. Now, the left side is what's called successive, and uh, that is means that it's dealing with detail. And not only details, but it deals with verbal information, and it deals with logic, and it's much more happy, and it is... So one of our brains are more happy, huh? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that hmm. something? Yeah, that's something. Now, the right side is more global in how it deals with information. It connects the dots, it deals in in chunks, whereas the left brain deals in specifics. And the right brain deals with more dark emotions like sadness and uh, anger and pain, things like that. So actually, they're so different that rather than having one brain Mm -hmm. with two halves and one skull, we have two brains and one skull. That's interesting. Do everybody have one dominant side? Well, that's a great question, and essentially the answer is yes. However, we do use both sides mm-hmm. all the time. It depends on how we are oriented. Okay. So if you have a left brain orientation, in the Western world, there are a lot of people that deal with uh, specifics. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are accountants, they are builders, or they are mathematicians, or they are teachers, or 
they do things that have to do with uh, very detailed information. These people deal with more, they're more of a left brain orientation. People that are artists, singers, I said mathematicians a moment ago, but high level mathematics like physics and calculus and things like that, engineers. Mm -hmm. But when you're dealing with high level abstract thought, mm -hmm. that's more of a right brain orientation. So yeah, you've got people that deal with more left brain and people that deal with more right brain, but still we do we deal with the with both sides. In fact, what I would encourage everyone listening to do is try to be whole brain. We'll talk about that more in a few minutes. Okay. Okay. So you talked about we have one dominant side. Are we born to have this dominant side or is it created in the way that we live our lives? Well, like most things, when we are born, we have what's called our nature. Mm-hmm which is how our brain developed in the womb and how effective they are, how efficient they are. If we were born with impairments or anything like that, impairments like particular type issue, like Down syndrome or something like that. Mm -hmm. So let's call it nature. But as soon as we come out of the womb, our genetics are impacted on by our environment. That's called epigenetics. Mm -hmm. So that the nurture we call it nature versus nurture. The nurture has a lot to do with what happens to us. And so it's safe to say that we're not born with a particular orientation. We develop it, come out of the womb, and when we, when we interact with parents and family and teachers and coaches and clergy and counselors and things like that as we grow up. So what's interesting is that most women are more prone to be right brain oriented. Uh, most men are more prone to be left. Is there a reason why? Or is it just well, that? it's more how society is set up. Okay. Traditionally, men have been the quote unquote protectors. They have uh, the more of the uh, dealing with war situations or more, used to be more of the doctors, lawyers. Now, of course, things are changing and that's a good thing. But the point is, is that the less emotional content of men is driven by their left brain orientation. Okay. Whereas uh, women are much more communicative. They're much more emotional. And not to say, that's not a pejorative. It just means that they are more demonstrative mm -hmm. in how they emote and how they communicate their emotions. So, for instance, the right brain, if uh, I told you, you know what, I don't feel too good today. Mm -hmm. That's a right brain piece of information because it deals with words. Well, look at my face now. You look sad. Yeah. Now, you got that information how? Because I looked in your face, saw your facial expressions. Right. And it connected with what your experiences have been. When you see faces like that in the past, as you were growing up, they usually equated with people that were sad, right? Yeah. So you used your right brain to gather the information when I looked, when you looked at my face. But when you heard me say that I'm sad, it was your left brain. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay, so let's figure out what brain I'm using the most. So is it possible for you to ask me some questions and then maybe... Sure. Okay. Have you ever gone on a trip? Sure have. And when you went on that trip, are you more prone to ask where we're going, how we're going to get there, what time we're going to get there, where are we going to stop along the way, that type of thing? I'm usually the person who's kind of like Planning. in charge, yeah. Oh, really? Plan, yeah. Oh, so that, that kind of uh, gives me a lot of information about why you do things you do with me. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I like to. She snaps the wisp, everybody. Anyway, if you are planning it, if you are dealing with the details, mm -hmm. that's more of a left brain orientation. 
However, if you provide, like artists, and what used to be called bohemian, people that deal with things in life that are much more amorphous, much less pigeonholed, much less categorized. Mm -hmm. So that's more of a right brain orientation. For instance, if I asked you, do you know what your schedule is for tomorrow? Yes. Would you know? Yeah. By hour. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that's a left brain orientation. Yeah. And it's not necessarily better to be more left brain. It's not necessarily better to be more right. In fact, and I said we would get to this a few minutes ago, that what I encourage people to do is use their whole brain. Now, some people are much more, they're so rigid. That's a downside of being left brain oriented. They're so rigid that when things don't go the way they want them to, they get discombobulated. They kind of lose it. They get very frustrated. They get very annoyed. They get irritated. And it tends to distract them from what they've got to do. So it takes their eye off the ball. That's a downside of being a left brain oriented. Whereas an upside of being left brain oriented is that you're much more action oriented. You're much more objective oriented. You know, you tend to get the job done, so to speak, in doing it that way. Much more likely to be successful in that type of way. Now, on the other hand, downside for an upside for the right brain is that they're much more flexible, much more able to deal with things that happen, got in the way, and rather than be distracted by it, they can actually, because of their flexibility, they can actually take their attention and focus it very intently on that one thing until mm -hmm. it's successfully accomplished. Or something that happens on the spur of the moment, they're able to garner their resources, optimize their resources, and deal with it much more effectively than someone who's very rigid. So that's an upside. A downside is that right-brain individuals tend to be somewhat at times, somewhat uh, scatterbrained, somewhat, or at least that's, that's a pejorative. It's, some people call them scatterbrained, but because they have a tolerance for ambiguity, sometimes it goes to a degree is extensive so that it gets in the way. It tends to stop them from being effective during their day. So that's a downside, you know, being kind of all over the place, being absent-minded and things like that. So there's upsides and downsides to both. Mm -hmm. But if we are whole brain oriented in how we deal with things that we have to do, that means that we're going to optimize our resources in ways that help us to think critically along with being flexible, to be detailed, along with seeing the third foot level, being visionary. Visionaries are more ripe. So and you probably have used visualizing because we've kind of talked about that a few times. Yeah. You've probably noticed some of the great things that can happen as a result of seeing what, how you want things to happen and then making it happen according to what you see, right? Mm-hmm. So why do you think that I'm using my left side more than my right side? Well, because of what you said. You uh, you like to take charge. You like to um, know what you're doing, when you're going to do it, how you're going to do it. And that's great, you know. And I would suggest that as we talk about whole brain, mm -hmm. you want to temper that with flexibility. You want to temper that with seeing, being able to not only see the details, because the devil's in the details, but you want to see the big picture. You want to see how things all kind of come together. Okay. Because that leads to my other question. It's like if you realize that you're using your left side more or your right side more, so we right side, what can you encourage and what do you need to work on if you realize that like the right brain is the Great question. Brain? Well, one of the things that's easy to do is making lists. Uh -huh. Having a routine for your day. Things that you have identified that are important for you to do. In other words, sometimes I tell my trading students that to have what's called 
an effective routine is very important. An effective routine is not just a routine, any kind of routine that you, because a routine is just something that you do over and over again until it becomes a habit. And it's kind of a gray area between routines and habits, but a routine is not a habit. It's just something that you do on a regular basis, but it's not necessarily dropped into unconscious control, which is what a habit does. Mm -hmm. So if you identify the things that are important for you to do in terms of trading a particular asset class, like having your time frames in order, your broad market information in order, your charting in order. And once you identify it, write it down. Write it down. That's a very left brain function. After you've written it down, then prioritize it and then use it as a checklist. So those are some of the things that someone who is kind of really right brain oriented and they realize it, they can start to do those things as an exercise to encourage their left brain function. Okay. That's good. And I think especially if you're a student too, because I know a lot of my a lot of my friends that are really interested in art and doing music. But on the other hand, they're not really interested in math and in accounting and stuff because sure. they think that there's too much numbers and they just get lost. Mm -hmm. But making lists is a perfect way to keep track on things and, right. you know, get things done. Right. On the other hand, you asked me about what you can do with your right brain to encourage your left brain. Mm -hmm. If you really find yourself... Hint, hint, doing things so much in the left brain way. Uh -huh. What you can do is um, listen to more music, mm -hmm. meditate, and that's a great way to encourage both sides of the brain to communicate. Do things like use guided imagery, visualization, practice looking at people's faces rather than always dealing with words, mm -hmm. and then putting it together. Okay. So I think that most of us have gone online and see this uh, picture of this woman spinning. You know what I'm talking about? Spinning? Mm-hmm. It's like a woman that's spinning a, around. A woman spinning around? Uh -huh. Where's that? Okay, so I remember when I started to realize that you have the left side and the right side of the brain, and you go online and you can do this test. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's uh, online, it's a white side, but then it's a woman that spins around. I think it was if you're more left orientated, she's spinning to the right, and if you're more right orientated, she's spinning to the left. Okay. Mm -hmm. You never seen this? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, have you seen this picture of a blue slash gold dress? No. Okay, so it's this picture of a dress. It mm -hmm. went viral, I think it was two, three years ago now. Everybody was talking about it. Mm -hmm. Because some people could swear that this dress was gold and white, and some of the people could swear that this dress was blue and white. Mm -hmm. And it was all because what brain side you were using the most. So my question was, so when I did some research about this woman that was spinning, I could actually see she was spinning both ways. Mm -hmm. And none of my friends could. And that's why I did some research, and I found out that I could kind of choose what side to use. Is that possible? Is Absolutely. That in fact, in fact, you and I share something. We're just not realizing that. It's a way of looking at the world and dealing with things from a much more balanced perspective. And that's a great thing to be able to, let me, let me put it this way. There are a lot of tests that indicate whether or not someone is right or left by going through certain word tests, certain visualization tests, like you just described. I haven't mm -hmm. seen those. In fact, if I have seen them, I just forgot about them. But they identify whether or not an individual is auditory, kinesthetic, or visual. And if you, if individuals are predominantly visual and less auditory and um, less kinesthetic, then they probably tend to be more right brain oriented. If they're more auditory and um, less visual and kinesthetic, then they're, much, they're more likely to be left brain. But the point is, 
is that yes, uh, the whole brain and dealing with things from a whole brain perspective mm -hmm. is something that I would encourage people to develop. If if an individual is doing that from a natural standpoint, then I would say to develop it even more and be stronger at it because the more we can optimize our resource, the more that we can identify those things that are strengths and those things that are improvables mm -hmm. and embellish the strengths and decrease the improvables, then we're going to be much better off in the long run. Here's the what I was talking about with mm -hmm. the woman spinning. Yes. Yeah. Right now she's spinning to the left and a moment ago she was spinning to the right. Oh, okay. So you can kind of mm -hmm. choose too. If anybody wants to try this, just go on Google and just type in left or right side brain and I promise you the first thing that will pop up is this woman that spins and you can I guess you can find out which side you're using the most. There's another way to do this as well. Mm -hmm. um, you may have seen the picture of the old woman and the and the young woman. Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. uh, that's called background foreground and it's a way of changing perspective and individuals that are able to switch back and forth mm -hmm. are using both sides of their brain much more effectively. Uh, people that can only see one and have a really difficulty seeing the other mm -hmm. are usually seeing from one orientation or the other. Now again, that's not a bad thing. It's just that we want to identify where we are because that will, will help us. It will provide the foundation for improving our resources and expanding our resources. And that's really where we always want to go. We always want to an orientation of skill building, an orientation of expanding our, our abilities so that we are more successful. I don't mean necessarily successful money. I mean successful in terms of our relationships. Because let's say a guy comes home, he's had a hard day, and uh, he doesn't communicate very well. Mm -hmm. And he is only interested in what he's been through. And so his spouse or his significant other comes around, and, and she is giving him indicators that she'd like to talk, but he's not listening. Mm -hmm. In fact, he's only he's self-absorbed. So if that individual would begin to, first of all, expand their awareness of their environment, it's going to begin to help his relationship. Because in fact, that's how some relationships begin to sour. The individuals are not taking advantage of the information that's in their environment because they're so shut down. They're so they're seeing things from a myopic point of view. Myopic meaning that it's very it's very um, strict and they're they're it's very small. It's like uh, seeing something through a telescope. You can only see so much. Is it possible to use both of the sides just as much? Do thought, we always have, have? I thought you already asked. No, I was just asking if, you know, you told me that it's good to be able to use them as mm -hmm. much equal as possible. But is it possible to be completely 50-50 or do we always tend to have one dominant side? Well, it's possible, but most people are going to switch back and forth. Okay. Uh, either they're going to be uh, mostly left or mostly right, and then as they develop the other side, then they'll probably get to a point where they're 45, uh, 65. Or if they're 70, 30, they'll get to a point where they are 60, 40. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And it's not, when you talk about being 50, 50, I mean, it's not that stringent. In fact, I would encourage people just to try to balance out rather than trying to be, because there's really no way to determine exactly if you're 50, 50. Mm -hmm. So that may be kind of a red herring to think that, or could be somewhat limiting to think that, or try to be 50-50. Um, okay. Do we know why our brain is divided in two parts? Yes, we do. 
is for redundancy. Now, the redundant, a redundant system is one that has, have you ever heard this, uh, this phrase, more than one way to skin a cat? Mm-hmm. For those cat lovers out there, we, we, we're not advocating skinning your cat. But that's just a saying. In other words, there are a lot of ways to do something. And redundant systems, they're made redundant so that if one part does not function very well, the other part can take over. In fact, we have what's called our speech areas. In the temporal lobe, there's a speech area that is designed to comprehend speech. Mm-hmm. On the right side, uh, there's a broca's area which is designed to express speech. If with some people that have brain damage on one side or the other, then the other side has been found to take over those functions so that the individual can still respond to their environment naturally, respond to their environment successfully. So the redundancy is a good thing. In fact, uh, I would say that it's one of the best things that we have going for us as human beings, our, our ability to be, A, conscious and self-aware, which is something that, as far as we know, we're the only ones, a species on the planet that has self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is to be redundant in our systems, to be able to use that consciousness to go back and forth and, and, and identify information in our environment that otherwise we might lose or otherwise we might go undetected. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you know what part of the brain you're using most? Right now I'm using my left side. Because you're speaking and you... Right. In fact, okay. and uh, I'm engaging. But, but that doesn't mean I'm not using my right side as well. Because as I'm speaking, part of my brain is connecting the dots from things that I've learned and things that I've experienced over the years. Mm-hmm. And the other side is synthesizing it so that it comes out somewhat coherent mm-hmm. <laughs> and makes sense. Yeah. So do you think it's important to, for people to realize what brain side they're using the most so they can kind of take that into consideration and try to equal it? Yeah. My bias is that we want to learn as much about ourselves as we can. Mm-hmm. We want to understand where our improvables are and where our resources are. And that means that one of the most important things that we can do is be self-aware. Not self-absorbed, because that's an ego function, self-aware. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we want to be in the moment, for the moment, fully available, fully present, and in the now of what we're doing. Right now, if you were thinking about, and you might be, <laughs> you might you think about what you're going to do later on this evening or something like that, you wouldn't be fully present right here. But I think you are fully present because you're you're asking very important questions and you're engaging. So that's what, but, but sometimes we tend to, we, as human beings, we can tend to be distracted. It's distracted by internal uh, information or external information. Mm-hmm. So if we understand that and we can bring ourselves back into being self-aware, back into the moment, it's going to increase our overall effectiveness in whatever we're doing. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I have always been interested in how we're using, you know, two sides of the brain. Because like I said before, it wasn't until I was maybe 12 or 13 that somebody told me that we have two sides of the brains. And I remember I just thought it was the, like, it was the biggest thing ever. And I started going online and read about all this and all that. But it's really interesting to learn more about your brain. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at the brain, Vega, the brain, as far as I'm concerned, my bias is that that's the most, the richest, most powerful thing that we know of in, in our known universe. Yeah. There's nothing more powerful than what's in between our ears. And that's fascinating, you know, it when sure we is. look at what is possible. In fact, you know, you've got those people that are called savants. Mm-hmm. 
that you give them six and seven figure numbers and have them multiply them. They come up with the answer yeah. in, in a couple of seconds or they do something else that's equally as baffling. Mm -hmm. And that's all possible because of how we use our brains. We may not know how it works, <laughs> but we know that it works. Yeah, I wish I knew how. Yeah, so you could do that? Yeah. We'd run off at the circus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember with this one guy in school. He was really, really smart. Social part, he wasn't too good with, but with numbers, he was excellent. And the, you know, it was like in class, the teacher was like writing something on the board, and then it was something to multiply or whatever, and she just looked at him, and every time he had the answer, I wish I knew how that worked. Well, the thing is, keep working on your whole brain self and maximize maximizing your resources and identifying and be when you're self-aware and you're in the now what's going on mm -hmm. to identify what your improvables are and then you know keep a log of them journal and keep working on those and who knows maybe you get to a point where you you're just like that guy because our brain <laughs> is a muscle right so we need to work it that's right we got to work it all the time yeah be able to improve that's right okay you got anything else you want to Share to the world. No, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Thank you, Vega, for thank uh, you. these great questions, and we'll see you next time. See you.